Welcome back, double teamed fam. We are just two weeks away from the holiday season in which we're almost to the new year. I think by now Hanukkah have already happened, but Christmas is coming up and I know we're doing a holiday special. So of course, welcome the funny Dom. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hi girls. Hello everyone. How are you going? We're good. We are staying warm in 65 degree Los Angeles. Oh my God. It was 58 the other day, yesterday. And these, I was well, these dying. are Fahrenheit numbers. I don't understand. What does that mean? Oh, oh, totally um, forgot about that. So it's it's not like that cold, but for me it's cold because I'm always cold. What's cold in Celsius? Zero? Zero is very cold, yeah. Yeah, okay, zero. So maybe like 20 degrees Celsius, but don't quote me on that. Anyways, okay. yeah, Fahrenheit is our, I forget we use a different metric system. Anyways, so we've got questions from your Q&A today. Good majority of them are holiday themed, so excited to get started with these. We can just dive right in. First and foremost, someone had asked, and this account, I love this account. They're always on our page. Sir, they're on your page as well. Anyways, they had asked presents for daddies, and I'm gonna go ahead and include doms, sirs, masters, mistresses, etc. since you see so many of the littles asking for recommendations here. I've got some of my own, but sir, would you like to get started? Sure, I do see this a lot, and I think it's very, one, it's very cute to see all these littles and subs in general wondering what they can get their doms, what they can get their daddies or their mummies or their sirs or masters. I think it's easy to be overwhelmed and think you've got to find something perfect when the real central thing is just is it if it's from you, if it's something they like, obviously if you know that your dom, oh, I know that a dom has a favourite food or a favourite cologne or a favourite something like that that's very personal, then yeah, they'll love that. But if it's something that's from you, something that you do. So if you, yeah, if you knit, if you paint, if you bake, if you're really good in the kitchen and you like baking cookies and you know that when you make cookies, your dom loves them, make a special recipe of cookies that you have never made before and call them, uh, like name them after your dom, like make it very personal. Anything personal that's from you and that you've put effort into, that's dynamic, like that's gonna have such a good meaning to it. So don't think that you've got to find the most over the top, you know, expensive secret present, you know, as long as it's from you and it really is the thought that counts when there's a dynamic there, then make it personal and they'll love it. I love the cookie idea because my immediate thought to that was put them on a tray, get on your knees and have them like walk into the door and there you are presenting the cookies mm. as your Christmas gift. Maybe tie a red bow across your tits and make it like super cute. You know, like that's or across your package. What if this is? Yeah, exactly. Whichever one. Yep. So I love both. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got an idea from my doms. I had seen at their home one of their, I don't know if it was like a client or another submissive have given them a mug that had the two of them because they are a dom couple. And it was like this cute little kind of image drawing. I don't know where they got or where, you know, the whoever gave them that gift where they got that image. But like, I would think it would be so cute to have a mug. Maybe it says like daddy or sir or mm. mistress or something on it. And then in the rim on the inside, like you can find customizable cups like on Etsy and stuff. 
you know, put something like a phrase that you know that they like. So like, yes, sir, or thank you, mistress, or something like that. If I was a dom, I would love to receive that. I drink coffee every morning and like starting off my day with something like that, that reminds me of the kink would mm. send me over the edge. See, and I always think for gifts, I love being thoughtful. So yeah, I mean, if you want to like customize something, you could even do like, I, I know like men like to wear like the leather cuff bracelets. If you want to go for a little bit more of an expensive gift, engrave and on the inside like daddy or whatever you call your daddy, dom, mistress, master, whichever. That was actually an idea I had. But I also like to think back like, Look back into the year and see if your dom said anything like, oh, I like this, you know, and maybe it was like, a, like an inside joke about, I don't know, like a purple pen or, you know, this certain book or something like yeah. that. And then you can get them that. Something that means something to you too that other yes. people wouldn't immediately understand is going to have good meaning. And also I think it's good too for people, obviously like there's some people like it's hard with uh, these seasons that are all based on shopping and materialism and money. You don't need to spend anything. Like an act of service is as good mm -hmm. a gift as anything. So if you design an act of service, you can make it tangible by putting it in a card and illustrating the message or make it like almost like a gift card of your service. So you are giving your dom you know, an hour or two hours of service to whatever part of their body it can be. It can be a massage. It can be just straight like you are going to go down on your dom for, you know, 80 minutes at any time <laughs> oh, they're choosing. 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a real, that's the thing. You go, oh, my goodness, that's that's a real act of service. That's a real, you're just going to worship worship a part of their body for an amount of time whenever they choose it to happen and you're giving them that power and so you're giving them your time and your energy and your worship and it hasn't cost you anything it's cost you the thought and the submission and so in a lot of ways that can mean more than four hundred dollar bracelet from you know like a honey bidet type you know sex <laughs> oh, shop yeah. You know, they're the, the just so much money and people go in there and spend hundreds of dollars when a hand-drawn gift card with an act of submission is more dynamic than anything with a Fifty Shades of Grey branding on it, you know? Oh, I know. I, and that's, a, I, that's one thing that I, I do like about, you know, the holidays is the gift price doesn't matter. What matters is that it comes from the heart, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, make it, it can be free, but still be like the most thoughtful, nicest thing. Like, what if you took your dom to this beautiful little lookout area with, you know, a blanket and a bottle of wine? And then you have some, you know, nice, lovely playtime outside under the stars. I'll do a little behind, little behind the scenes because we just did it last night that we had a, we had a nice night. We actually went on a date together with another, with another couple. And that was very special. But one of the highlights, I think, of the night for Miss Nardash, my, my own um, submissive partner, was I took her to the window. What do they call it? The window show? The window? Yeah. The display at the Maya, at the Maya window, Christmas windows. They, they, in the windows of the big, the big department store, they put on a little Christmas display every year and people line up to kind of walk along the outside of the department store to, to look at it, which I think is a... I think maybe Macy's or somewhere does it in New York, similar thing. So mm -hmm. we have that in Melbourne. Maya do that. And even at 10 o'clock at night, 
there were still families and people lined up. We did even spot a couple dynamic couples. I saw a very, very, very dynamic looking couple who's in like a little skirt and holding her like what looked like her daddy's arm. And we lined up and just I just walked her along the windows, which was doing a Peter Peter Rabbit display. So it had animatronic figures and a voiceover telling you the story of Peter Rabbit as you walked along oh, the windows. Oh, that's adorable. So within 20 seconds, she was in her little mode, in her little space, and she's pointing out the little things and going, oh, look at the duckies, Daddy, look at that. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That didn't cost anything. That was going to the store and walking, lining up and walking along the windows for 10 minutes. But that was a very Christmas dynamic gift of just time and presence. So... I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, the main thing here is the possibilities are really endless. They really are. So just get creative, be thoughtful, and it can really be something as, you know, simple or grand as you want it to be. And so within that space, you can find something that will, like, I always think like making memories, like you said, right there with you and Miss Night Eye, something like that Mm. is very memorable. And and that's really special. I love that. Your dynamic presence is the only present that you need to give. Yes, I Aww. am the gift this year. <laughs> that's another, that's a different way of saying what I said. <laughs> a much more kind of egocentric, bratty way of saying it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, my ego came out there for a second. Okay, next question, moving on. Now, as we know, the holidays, a lot of times we're away with family, you know, traveling, especially if you live like apart from your family or you know, you've got a lot of plans. Maybe you don't have as much of an opportunity to see your dom or your sub during this time. So, but you want to kind of remain tethered to them. So someone had asked, how can I satisfy my dom while being away? Now, I definitely have some ideas here, but sir, if you'd like to go ahead. I think, well, this is generally, even without Christmas or any kind of season, this is really just a long distance question, which is a constant thing. And I am going to try and do a, a kink guide on on maintaining long distance because a lot of people seem to do it. I think it's very challenging. It takes, any dynamic takes work. With a distance thing, you really just need routines and rules and almost like games. You need to be self-generating games for each other. And all the games are, you look at them as platforms for the connection. So, So when you play like online video games with people, the games are fun. And you might have favorites, but what you're really getting is social connection. When they're actually multiplayer games, you're connecting with people, and that's what makes the good games good games is because they work well connecting people together. So with a dynamic, you need to have these channels, which are the games, which are the ways of you maintaining the dynamic because you don't have that physical in-the-same-room presence of dynamic, which is kind of what DS is built on. Like a lot of the times I do, I do kind of hope that people that are doing long distance, you're doing it kind of um, because you have to. If, if your partner is away for weeks or a month, then you have to do it. So you have to figure out a way to make it work. But if you're choosing to have long distance dynamics, really make sure you want to do that because you're choosing to do something that's very difficult. Aftercare is difficult. Like a lot of these things have to be kind of hacked to work. So it takes work and it can work, but you can't go into it and go, oh, I don't, uh, I don't feel like I'm getting a lot out of this. You're like, yeah, of course you're not. You, you are in an intense dynamic with someone 5,000 kilometers away who you haven't seen ever. Like it's a little bit of an oxymoron. LDRDS is on one level 
an oxymoron. And people, I think it's, it's a bit of a hot take that people might want to DM and get angry about that. But I actually think it's something that should only be done where it has to. If you're living in the woods, if you're living in a country, in a culture that's very narrow-minded, then there are environments where long distance is a godsend. It's like the safest, best way to experience what you need for your identity. So I totally encourage and champion that. But people who are doing it because it's easy or convenient or because they just don't want to actually go that extra step, I think you've got to be careful because you can still harm yourself. Having these relationships with people that you never meet, yeah, there's still a lot of risk there. So Yeah, it, if you have such a connection with someone but you never really get to see them. Yeah, and, yeah, it's yeah, stressful. It's yeah, but I also think, especially when it comes to Dia's dynamic, I agree when you say that if you don't have to, like, why would you put yourself in that situation? Like, if you can, like, let's say you're talking to someone that's far away, but, you know, maybe there's good doms in your area around find someone that is close to you because I feel like you can work more in your dynamic when it's more person to person. Yeah. Like it gives you that further connection and ability to like really deep dive. Now, I mean, if you're poly, you can explore. Well, then no, if that's you're monogamous, true. if you go with the physical, whoever's there. In well, person. no, but I mean, even if you're poly, like it can go either way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess so. So, mm-hmm. but I mean... Long distance is hard on any relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I, see, like, I don't know why, but like for me, like sexting just doesn't do it. So like I have, there's this one guy that lives in San Diego that, you know, like we've hooked up once in person, but oh, this is the anal guy. Anyways. <laughs> like, is know, that his was, handle on Instagram? The anal guy? Is this no, his name? No, no, no. <laughs> Um, it should be. But, you know, like sometimes when we get really horny, we'll just like send each other like snaps as we're masturbating, you know, together and like we'll do it at the same time. So like it's really fun and he'll give me instructions and I'll take them. It's and, a like, fun I'll game. Give, yeah. And I'll give him instructions. And I'll take. Yeah. But like obviously I miss his like dick in person. So. Yeah. I was about to say, I feel like for <laughs> me, like I could only do long distance DS for a very short amount of time before yeah. I'm like I'm hopping on this flight. Yeah. Yeah. It puts a lot of strain on a relationship that is physical. So it takes work and it takes both of you a lot of communication to actually be honest with each other that there is a lot of strain. It's not anyone's fault. We're apart to get through it. And if the basis of the relationship is only like online, only long distance, then you have to realize, okay, well, it is a very limited relationship because this Mm -hmm. is a connection, a physical connection based dynamic. That's what this is. And if you're taking that out of it, you're doing a different version of it that is limited. And if it has to be, then okay, it has to be. But just make sure you're being safe. Make sure you do have a lot of communication. You really know who you're playing with because you're still playing. It's a bit scary how many people might be of a young age, new, and be trading countless pictures and videos and messages with someone they've never met and never going to meet. That to me is very alarming yeah i think the first step to long distance if it's with a complete stranger is facetime yeah or like some sort or of video chat video chat yes. yeah 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 Make, try to get the connection as real as possible so yes. so this person is i'm going to assume in a relationship with this person and they're just apart for christmas which is probably a, that's going to be a lot of people i, I know me and miss night eyes are going to have a few weeks apart um. so we're going to intensely have a lot of connection time right before 
and then she's coming and joining me where I am right after. So we'll kind of try to make up for it. I'm sure we'll communicate a lot while we're apart. So you just step up the communication and just use it as a time to build up that energy of missing each other, which is, mm-hmm. you know, healthy and and just kind of adds some kind of gratitude and awareness of how much you appreciate each other while you're apart. That's okay. It can't be your main you know, channel for weeks or months, but for a certain, you know, night, it's a fun game. Work out some games and some some ways of serving your dom and some ways for your dom to dom you while apart. I have a cute suggestion, actually. Uh, from I hope belt. it doesn't take it. No, it's not like yours, but actually it's very similar, but not exactly. All right, but for ahead. all my fellow subs out there, Let's say your dom is going away right around Christmas. And this is also a cute gift idea that is not going to cost you very much. Let's say you have a Polaroid camera or any just any camera you take. Let's say he's gone for seven days. You take some cute photos, about seven of them, right? And then you're going to put them in an envelope. Each or a one, box. Yeah, individually. No, I'm trying to make it small here, okay? You, got, you want them to travel with it. Anyways, so you're going to take these little photos. You're going to put them in envelopes individually. And then in each envelope, maybe your dom has you write out, you know, your daily... Maybe one of the tasks that y'all have is, you know, he has you journal or something. Maybe you write him a cute little letter and you put it in with these pictures. And then every single day... That and make these pictures raunchy, okay? I'm just throwing that out there. And then every single day while he's gone, he can open one letter each day. Or she. Oh, yeah, or she, sorry. And, you know, it's a cute little photo with a cute little message or, you know, one of the tasks that he or she normally has you do. And, yeah. Or they. I like that. It's like seven days of kinkmas. That's what my idea was, which was similar. I was thinking also like an advent calendar. (laughs) You could do like a little... Like create a little advent calendar and, you know, maybe not pictures, but could be something like their favorite chocolate for one day. And then the next day could be a picture, a Polaroid, something like that. And then another day, you know, a cute little note. Another day, maybe like a pair of your underwear. I don't know if that's weird. Oh. But wouldn't that be cute? Like if they have it with them. No, yeah, that's the underwear idea is adorable. Or panties, whatever you call them. I don't know. Yeah, spray your favorite favorite perfumer cologne on there. Yeah, exactly. It's like something like that reminds them of you, like your scent, something you wear. Something like that I think would be adorable that for them to have while they're away. You can also do like a performative thing. Like I had a, a partner that we were separated and I would have her put, you know, a particular item of clothing on or something that I would choose and then go for a walk when I went for a walk. So it felt like we were walking together and that it was daddy taking her for a walk. So it had a little bit of a pet submissive aspect and she would take photos of things and show them to me as she walked. So it was like she was like doing a little kind of touristy, you know, type game of like, oh, and and because I knew the area she was in, I could pick out where she was. So there's Mm -hmm. that connection of me seeing a certain street and going, oh, that's that street. You're near that place, you know, and she'd be Mm -hmm. like, correct. Good guess. Daddy's so smart, you know, and it's a little game, but also just the physical feeling of we're walking together, even though we're in different places. So things like that, things like that that are very basic and wholesome even, but it gives you connection and you're doing it together and that you're really kind of putting the health of the relationship on the shoulders of these 
games and these actions. So come up with the games and the actions, a whole bunch of them, and do them as regularly as you can and just communicate with each other that we're apart and we're going to be a little bit apart for a bit and then we'll get back together and we can kind of make up for it and compensate and it'll be okay. Love that. All great suggestions. Yes. My friends. Okay, (laughs) moving on. This one's not very holiday-y, but I think it was still a really good question that I definitely wanted to answer. And basically they said, female here, I have trauma with sexual assault, but I love CNC, which means consensual non-consent and feeling powerless. Is it normal? My immediate answer to that is yes. Mm-hmm. Because you enjoy it does not mean you can compartmentalize the two. You had trauma in a different setting, probably outside of your subspace. I mean, that may be presumptuous, but a possibility. And then in your subspace, you can enjoy CNC in a safe environment. So I say that is normal. Sir, any thoughts? It is absolutely normal and so common to be drawn to CNC, consensual non-consent. It is, it is not perverse it is not sick it is not unhealthy it is not abusive as long as it is i mean look at what it's called it's called consensual non-consent it's the first word it's discussed and consented to and it's also built on trust you can only do cnc healthily with someone that you have so much trust with that you can play with this very you know traumatic experience as a game as a way of making it not traumatic and a lot of people who have had trauma this is a way of having some cathartic experience on top of that trauma to help exercise the pain of that trauma. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this happened, here's this other thing, and yeah, it feels like, oh, why would I want to do that? It reminds you of this. Because it reminds you, it, it, it also is controlled. So you're doing something that you have control over that has a connection to a traumatic thing that happened to you, but this is not that. This is a controlled form of play that'll let you reframe or work through something that happened to you and prove to yourself that that's not happening anymore. You have control now. It's very, very, very common. I just saw a a post um, the other day by a great account called Vulgar Drawings on on, um, Instagram that just posted a great little piece of artwork about about CNC and actually had, I think it had some stats, 52%. 52% of women surveyed reported they had some kind of forced sexual fantasy. So more than half, it's that common. So people shouldn't feel that they're unusual or a minority, it's very, very normal. And even if you have trauma, it doesn't matter. People who have never had trauma also have it. I've talked to and had many partners who have had this as a fantasy or an interest. Yeah, it's just another form of play. It's totally fine. Have fun with it. Do it healthily and correctly. And yeah, have fun. There's no shame. Well, I think, and it's also, you know, one of the things that you said, it it can be, you know, especially when you're in a consensual space, in a safe space, you know, it can be a way for you to heal that trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the times we hold trauma, you know, in our bodies more so than like, you know, in our mind. So to kind of like use that, yeah, like you said, cathartic, but and use that space as a way to heal. And I hate that, you know, this person is asking, is it normal? Like normal is the is the objective. Like we don't want yeah. normal. Normal is what we were getting away from. Normal is... Yeah. The abuse, normal is the lack of communication, normal is shame. So how about like, oh, it's not normal. That's probably a good fucking thing. It's probably a green flag that it's not normal. Mm -hmm. Fuck normal. Where has normal got us? Not to here. 
So don't worry about being normal. Worry about is it healthy? Okay, if it feels good, if it isn't making you feel bad, and if it's feeling like it's a way of dealing with the feelings that you do have, the trauma you do have, then guess what? That's great. That sounds very good. So just just make sure you're doing it in a healthy way with partner or, or partners that you trust and that you can talk to and, and, and scale up to it. I think people do do this mm-hmm. and they jump right into a an intense version of this you can do it very low level you can play with any form of play you already do but just reassert your safe words and then just add in some use of no where you have understood and very directly said okay no is not going to mean no in this context we have the safe words use no as a playful word to verbalize that will not be listened to as no So you are basically doing some light CNC there just verbally and that will give you that sensation of being able to do that without, you don't need someone in a balaclava to, you know, break in to your house or (laughs) abduct you on the street and put you in the boot of their car and drive you to a warehouse. Like that's all extreme nonsense. Like you can do that down the line, I guess, if you want to really kind of build a situation about it. But all you really need is the ideas and the concepts and good communication and you can do some cnc and it's healthy and it's just another form of play i do hate that the media representation of cnc is like getting stolen in a freaking parking lot i'm like yeah that's not what it has to be no i agree when i read this question how to handle top drop i was gonna say a little personal story here the very first time that i ever topped a submissive male I remember about 15 minutes into the space, I was like, and I was, you know, slightly inebriated. Like we had a couple drinks during dinner and then like after dinner we went to go play. And I just remember at one point, like I suddenly felt as if I had like gotten out of the space. He had asked me to do a form of impact play that while I was okay with, and to be specific, he wanted me to hit his balls like really hard repeatedly. <laughs> like you were dancing around a little bit and then you were like, let's be clear, I was hitting his balls very hard. Exactly. <laughs> let's just clarify that. But like, I remember like a little bit into that, at one point I'm like, am I hurting this guy? Like, I feel bad. But like, I kind of got out of the space because I was like, for a moment, I started thinking about like, I don't want to affect his ability to reproduce here. Like, that's a permanent thing. So but that's I, also a very like sweet thing to think about that. So no, just, it is. Just but I'm just saying, there. like, I felt bad that like I got out of my top space, and I also felt bad that I was like inflicting this pain. And I think he could tell at one point that I kind of got in my head a little bit about it, and he tried to give me more reassurance that it was okay and that he enjoyed it. And so like that, I appreciated that, and it helped me kind of get back into it. But that would be my advice there is like hopefully the submissive can see maybe you need a little bit more encouragement to kind of get back into that space to let them know like, hey, I like this, I'm good with it, something along those lines. Sir, any thoughts? Well, I would say as the, and that submissive did very, very well, but as the dominant, it really is more on you to let the submissive know that, okay, I'm going to be doing this intense form of play. And it might not be intense as subjective. It might be for you that any form of impact for you puts you in a vulnerable position as the dominant because you are struggling with guilt. You're struggling with being the one doing this sadistic form of play. So if you need to know that about yourself and be able to tell your submissive, okay, I can do this, but I'm going to need reassurance during and after. I'm going to need to hear 
that you enjoy this, that you are happy, that you are healthy, and you feel you feel good having this form of play executed on you. And afterwards, I'm going to need gratitude about that form of play. And if you don't get any of those things and you are a bit vulnerable in that way, I think a lot of doms are, especially if you're a caregiver, myself as a very much as a, as a, as a daddy, I'm a, I'm a sadist, I'm also a daddy, so I enjoy the sadistic play, but at the same time, I'm a caregiver. So I need to know that you're enjoying the sadistic play or I'm going to go into anxious caregiver mode and worry that you might not be okay. So I need to, yes, yes, I want to make you cry, but I need to know that you wanted to cry and that you really enjoyed that. I need that to be balanced out. Or I will have drop. I think that dom drop is is more common than people realize. It's based either on compassionate guilt and shame on our end, or it's based on the chemical vacuum that we can all have where you've been filled with endorphins and then the scene is over. And if you don't get gently regrounded afterwards for whatever reason, then you can feel drop, whether you're a sub or, or a dom. It doesn't matter. You've still got biochemistry. You've still got a human brain and it's a piece of meat that is not that uh, not that complicated. If it, gets, if it gets blitzed out with good feelings and then it goes into a vacuum, then that's going to be a bit of a shock to the system. So you need to have a practice where you know what will help you out, whether it's a hot bath or a nice walk through nature, a good meal, some good music, put on a movie that is very relaxing, you know, an old favorite from your childhood, something that's a comfort, you know. You need to have these things in mind for yourself, otherwise drop will happen to sub or dom. I suddenly realized when you said the bit about the gratitude, why sometimes during impact scenes, my two doms, the female dom will like say something like, what do we say? And I'll be like, thank you, sir. Like as he's hitting me, because now I kind of realize now like that he kind of needs that reassurance that like I'm doing good and that I'm in a good space like that. I'm not having a drop myself or sometimes he'll say the same thing. He'll be like, what do we say? And I'm like, thank you, sir. You know, something along those lines. I suddenly realized why it reminded me of a moment when that happened. Yeah. A lot of these healthy practices are built into these kind of call and response. So I, I, yeah, I usually frame it as even if it's like a a slap or, or a strike, like I've given you something that counts as being given something. What do you say when you're given something? You say, thank you. So it's framed as a form of kind of dominant kind of etiquette control, but really it's me making a system where I'm going to get what I need, which is the gratitude and the kind of green light. Because if you're saying thank you, that means that you are appreciating it, you are enjoying it. Otherwise, you're going to not say that. You're going to say something else, possibly safe words. So yeah, these things are not just for control or for, you know, for some kind of like ego or anything like that. It's actually to let both sides know that this is working and it's being appreciated and, and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The sub in me makes me, I don't know why that makes me like a little sad, like, you know, doms out there need care too. They do. You know, yeah, we do. The reassurance, yeah. thank you. So it kind of goes along with what question someone had asked, do I tell my dom when I experience sub drop? Yeah. And I have yet to experience sub drop. I'm trying to think. But you got to communicate. Uh, but definitely communicate it. And, and I would, like my suggestion there would be, like we use the red, green, yellow, we use the traffic light system. And so like when it's getting to be a little bit like much and maybe I need a little bit more care or I need a little bit less intensity so I can kind of, maybe it's, it's getting me to a point where I might, maybe this is why I haven't experienced sub drop because like I, we, 
they've never taken it too far or like done something that took me out of it. But then I'll say yellow. And then usually when that happens, like I feel them kind of pick up on my energy and understand. So maybe they'll do a little bit more care before they resume, you know, impact or whatever we were doing, something along those lines. But always, yes, communicate that in some way. And maybe you can have a discussion about that. Like, hey, if I feel like I'm getting close to a point where like I need, I don't want a safe word, but like it might take me out of my submission. Like what are some things we could do there? You know, something like that. Always talk and, and for the dominance especially, realize that the, the responsibility is on you. You are more naturally in a proactive position. Submissives are more naturally in a, a more passive position often. So this kind of communication Yes, it's on both people, but as a dominant, the responsibility is on you to make a space where it can be as 50-50 as it can be. And if you're not getting communication about drop, you should be asking about it. And that's for both, but I really feel like dominants should be taking this up and and wanting to try and have 51% of the responsibility here at least. Ask the sub, have you had drop before? Have you heard of of sub drop? Here's what it is. Here's what it might feel like. And after every scene, you should be checking in in aftercare. You should be checking in after aftercare. You should be checking in the next day because someone might have dropped 12, 18 hours, 24 hours later. And so... Yes, you should be telling your dom, absolutely tell them. They should also be asking you. So both things should happen, but it should be communicated from both people. And you should ask your dom, did they had drop as well? You know, this should be a non, kind of a non-dynamic issue. This is like knowing if, if either of you have, uh, you know, had a, a cold or flu or, you know, some, these are very important health issues. So absolutely talk about it. Yeah. Communication is key. You can't ever like communicate enough, communicate more. Yeah, definitely. And if you, you know, even if you don't use like the red, green, yellow, Yellow, whatever system, traffic light, or, you know, you don't want to use your safe word because you're not quite there. Maybe you make it like a hand signal, not a hand signal, but like a love tap of some sort, you know? So you can get creative with that. So like if you're in the space and that's happening, then, you know, a good way to like signal it that works for the both of you. Yeah, but you don't want to like stop the scene altogether with a safe word. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this one was a little bit more festive to bring us back to the holiday spirit. (laughs) Sir, you had posted a adorable little meme of, was it Hermit the Crab? No. Kermit the crab. Kermit the the frog. Oh my god. Kermit the crab. Nikki. Kermit the frog was wearing a string of lights. I don't remember exactly what the text said, but anyways, he's wearing a string of lights and someone had asked, are string or fairy lights actually good for bondage? Short answer is no, for a variety of reasons. People doing restraint and rope pictures with fairy lights or Christmas lights almost as a um, just an accessory like that wrapped around for like a look for, and people it's a it's a photo session it's a you know it's just a bit of artwork but if people are looking at that and going oh that's bondage it's like no 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 yeah this is like wire and plastic and they're very thin gauge any kind of cable or wiring that's terrible for bondage it's also if it's plugged into the wall of course it's not good no 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 that was a picture of uh, the meme was a picture of kermit the frog with some christmas lights obviously from like the muppet show and saying that you know when your dominant basically decides to make you into a christmas tree that's a joke that is not meant to encourage people to use you know any kind of cabling or wiring as any form of bondage use 
good buckled restraints. If you don't have tying skills, if you have tying skills, then follow the safety protocols, have your shears ready in case you can't get a knot or there's any kind of, you know, um, pain. Do things the right way and be mindful and be smart about it. Um, I think this person was a little bit tongue-in-cheek about it, but if they're not, please be safety conscious and, yeah, don't use any kind of cabling. Be careful what you use, basically, for bondage, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but the lights generate heat, yeah. like a little bit of heat. So I feel like if you, like, that tied with the wire and then it's all just very, if you're especially if you're tying, if it's very compact, that could be, get very dangerous. Especially on the skin. Or if the plastic, something happened, like, you know, the green plastic that's covering the wires, if, no, like, exactly. something happens there and then it, like, oh, no. Yeah, so I wouldn't yes. use it. People are going to be careful what they use and not believe imagery. There's even, like, handcuffs. People see pictures of the, of the old-fashioned kind of, like, metal handcuffs. They're very dangerous because they can, if they go tight around a wrist, they can hurt and they can do nerve damage or break a wrist because it's metal. So if that gets bent the wrong way on your arms, it's not going to have any give to it the way a kind of thick rope can, and you can actually hurt yourself. So if you haven't got much experience with bondage and restraints, then be aware of that and do some do some reading, do some kind of study and some and talk to some people before you do this stuff. Don't just see a picture, especially a meme, <laughs> and think that it's actually like something to do. So yeah, be careful. My suggestion there was going to be get some like red and white rope, you know, for your bondage, use that and then maybe like add some fun little ornaments or something. You can get creative with things other than string lights from, you know, the holiday season. Thoughts on, you know, like the ribbon that people use for gifts and trees and things like that. Like, I think you could get creative with ribbon too, not necessarily... I wouldn't go too intense with it. Maybe Maybe for like the wrist. Yeah, I would say if you're doing like a lovely wrist work thing, maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't even use it as like a choking thing. Ribbon? No, definitely. I'd stay over ribbon. It's like a uh, silk tie. People use ties, but that kind of stuff, that goes very thin. It bunches together. And then you're basically tying with very thin string that's hard to untie. And you'll have to cut it if something goes wrong. So I'd stay away from any stuff like that is, again, decorative, where mm-hmm. it's dress ties or ribbons. It's a thing that is for an image. It's not actually a good practical use for yeah. actual bondage. So just, yeah, just just learn to see the difference between a kind of decorative look for a photo and actual practical use for BDSM. There's a reason we use rope. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in suspension, like especially in suspension. No, I mean, like, it may sound pretty, you know, common knowledge, some of this to some people, but at the same time, like, there's a reason why a hair straightener, it says for external use only, okay? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> like, there, yeah, some people just don't quite, you know, so it's fine. Anyways, okay. The key always, like, I understand we want to get into the holiday spirit and use some of these normal things to turn things a little bit more kinky because that's what we do okay we're all kinky we want to take the the regular things and and make them kinky but keeping safety and practicality at the forefront of that when we're doing that always yeah that's priority Mm -hmm. caller submitter listener not sure what we're going to call them they asked least favorite thing about barats and I was discussing with my doms previously. I told them, I was like, 
I've been a brat before, but for some reason with the two of them, I just can't find my bratty side. I'm so like caught up in wanting to please them that I have a very hard time finding my bratty side. And my male dom had said, oftentimes, you know, he said it's not necessarily always the case, but he felt that a lot of times people, or some submissives might revert to being a brat if they don't fully know how to communicate the things that they want. So they kind of do it in, like during the scene, they'll do it in a way like egging them on. Or they just don't fully trust their dom yet, so they kind of get into that space of like challenging them as a way to test them. And I had never looked at it that way, but it made me think back to my the first kind of dom that I had. Though sometimes like when I look back, it was definitely more topping. It did get to more doming towards like later on, but in the beginning, definitely topping. I was bratty with him, definitely because I wanted him to prove himself to me. So I related to what they said. Sir, any thoughts there? Yeah, this is a big one. So I just did a guide recently for my Patreon on bratting, which got into this. And what you described your Dom was talking about is basically that's unhealthy bratting. So in my guide, one of the things I had a a chapter on a page on was healthy versus unhealthy, because some people, they only know of unhealthy and they think that that's what bratting is. Or on the other side, um, some subs who are brats, they think that um, being a brat or bratting is unhealthy and it is not. So being a brat is an identity. Bratting, the behavior is a behavior. So you can not be a brat and you can do some bratting. You can be a brat and do some bratting. But as long as the behavior is healthy, the identity is separate. So you may sometimes do a bit of bratty behavior because you have some brattiness, but you might not be a brat. Some subs are very just straight, good girls, service orientated. The idea of bratting, of misbehaving intentionally is horribly uncomfortable and is not something that they actually want to do. So that's part of their identity. But to brat in a way that is to challenge or to test because you have a communication issue that is almost toxic and that, yeah, that is not healthy. But that's not what bratting is. Bratting is a consensual, understood form of play where you have solid parameters, you are solidly held in your behavior, but that hold gives you the, the wiggle room to play. So you know you have rules, you know that you'll be met, you know that you'll be punished and cared for, all these things, but you also are being given a little bit of room to have fun. Because if you have a bit of brattiness in you, it can be enjoyable to play as if you are not going to obey. When you both understand that in the end of the day you are, but you have some brat part of your identity that wants to play with that. So it's really kind of like an understanding issue. So yeah, if there is a concern from the sub that the that the dom isn't strong in their position or the dynamic isn't working, then you can tend to brat out as a form of challenging, as provoking, and that can be unhealthy. But you can also be in a very solid dynamic with a very strong dominant and brat all the time because you're a brat and it can be one of your most enjoyable and healthy forms of communication. So yeah, we need to encourage the healthy version, understand that being a brat and bratting is healthy and is good. And doms that don't understand that need to 
get with the program and understand it because there are shame issues on the other side of the slash. There's a lot of brats that feel like they're doing something wrong or they're unhealthy because they are brats and that we can't let that propagate. We can't tolerate that. Brats and bratting is a beautiful, wonderful, sexy, playful, healthy thing as long as it's done in a healthy manner, in a healthy dynamic. I like that you make the distinction of being a brat and then bratting. I know. I think that's very important. I have thought of that before. And I was like, and, you know, when I saw that question, I was like, well, I mean, we can all, you know, delve into a little bit of bratting. But I think, you know, when you actually are like a brat, like you said, you have that understanding with your dom that, you know, there's that space for you to, you know, explore that side of you and have a little bit more fun with it in that sense. And I think, yeah, it's a very important distinction. So there, I don't think there should ever be like a least favorite thing about brats. No, I think it's a tongue-in-cheek question and because and even there was emojis after the question that were a little bit cheeky. So, so I think this is from a brat who is oh. being almost a little bit... <laughs> A little bit surreptitiously bratty just by asking the question and I to answer it directly I don't have a, a least favorite thing my least favorite thing about brats would be that some brats feel shame or feel discomfort um, mm-hmm. accepting themselves as brats but they should wear it proudly you should tell uh, your, your dom or your partners or anyone else I'm a brat this is what I like and this is why I like it and and understand that it needs to be accepted and that a dom who sees it as a challenge is either a dom who doesn't like brats, which is fine, it's a preference. Maybe you're just a dom who doesn't like engaging with brattiness. Or it's a dom who is worried that it's a challenge and sees that as uncomfortable and that's possibly an insecurity um, due to them not understanding brattiness properly or due to them having an insecurity. So a lot of doms who are new and are a little bit insecure tend to shame brats or tell brats, oh, no, you're supposed to do what I say. And any dom who says you're supposed to do what I say, almost 90% of the time is not a dom. That is not the kind of thing a dom says. So, yeah, understand it. And if we understand it, then the shame can go away because we can't have brats running around feeling like they're not good subs. Some of the best subs are magnificent brats. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would say, I mean, and I'm just picturing this, but like if I were a dom and I had a brat, you know, I would make it even more of like a game. Oh, yeah. I feel like there would be like that sense of, I don't know, it sounds like hot almost. Primal. Primal in like a way. Like who's the, you know, who's the alpha? Well, not even that, but just seeing how far the brattiness would go. Yeah, I think I could get hot. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. It is because it is a playful challenge. I mean, I had a partner once who was very good girl orientated not not that much of a brat but was just in a mood and on uh, public transport once on a on a, a train just started pushing herself back into me um, <laughs> to provoke me and that was having a physical effect on me and I and she was literally such a not that way that I didn't know that she was doing it intentionally at first I asked her like you're you're pushing you're pushing into me a little bit what are you doing and she said oh it's it's the train so it's the train it's the force of the trains pushing me back and i was like i'm not sure you're being honest and then the next moment she started doing it she started adding a little wiggle so she started wiggling her butt against me while we're surrounded by people and 
Love that. <laughs> I knew it, then I knew what she was doing and it's an understood like, mm-hmm. And so she was had some punishment, you know, not long after that that she accepted because she knew that she'd provoked it. So that was not a challenge to my position. It was her acting out because she was in a mood. It was playful and fun. And that was a bit of brattiness from a, a sub who was not really a brat. So it's a bit of a spectrum that we can have fun with and accept and just know as a dominant that it is really it's a show of trust a brat bratting out is either a is either a sub who is unsure about the dominant is a, a unhealthy thing or it's a sub saying i trust you i trust that you're going to give me this space to be a brat and that you're going to meet me halfway and put me back in my place and that's vulnerable to do that for a sub so doms need to see it as a show of trust and be strong enough to accept it and not see it as a challenge and embrace it, appreciate it, meet it halfway, put the sub back in their place and love it five minutes later when they do it again because this is not about taming or breaking or any bullshit. Subs are not horses. If you, <laughs> if you put put a brat back in their place and then just grin and appreciate the beauty of them turning right back into a brat, you know, five minutes later or the next day. Because that's great. That's the game. I love that. I know. I, I love the way you describe yeah. that because it is so true. <laughs> the it, little public. Yeah, it makes yeah. me think. I love being cheeky like that in public. Yeah, like absolutely. It's mischief. It's mischief. It's just it's just game playing on that surface level. And then some some breaths it, it gets much more intense and direct. And again, this is on my guide. I did my guide to bratting on my Patreon. Goes into this into into ways of being healthy where it's not about disobedience. It's about obeying adjacently so if your dom tells you to make them a cup of a cup of coffee or a cup of tea maybe you know that your dom likes one sugar so you add you know four sugars so you make them to coffee and you just do a little bit too much or they ask for a glass of water so you get a glass of water but you fill it right to the brim so when the dom says well this is i'm going to spill this water everywhere well I'm sorry, sir or mistress, you asked me for a glass of water. It's a glass of water. It's almost like a loophole where you're doing what you're told, but you're doing it in a mischievous way. Mm -hmm. That is really you saying the subtext is, I want attention. I want to be put in my, I want to be reminded of our dynamic. And there's nothing unhealthy about that. Yeah, you want to play a little bit. Yes. So I've just been reminded by Miss Nighteyes, who is here for people listeners who don't know, she's here doing some self-tying and she's listening and she just showed me my belt because when she came to Daddy's yesterday, she I left my belt at her house and she came wearing my belt on her jeans. <laughs> I love and I said, that. where's my belt? And she said, here it is. She was wearing it and she knew that that was a bit cheeky. So... I love yeah, she's very she proud of herself. She's, proud. she's smiling right now. She's very proud of herself that she did that. I hope so. she ran across the house and like made you like chase her around for it. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm envisioning when you say that. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. So last question: Is it okay to ask my doms about their fantasies? which I also want to ask, you know, tell us about your fantasies, sir. Well, I mean, the answer there being like, absolutely, <laughs> yes. So we'll set the example. Sir, what are your fantasies? Goodness me. Yeah, I have I have many. I, I think it's very 
It's a very good thing to ask partners. It's a very good thing to ask even just kinky friends. It's a thing you should be able to discuss the same way you talk about like, oh, what is your favorite meal? What kind of music do you like? Like you need to know these things about each other. If it feels awkward to do it dynamically, I think some this question might be coming from a place where this person is submissive and they feel like asking the dom what they want feels proactive. There's nothing dominant about being proactive. So being a submissive doesn't mean being passive. It doesn't mean don't do something. It means do it in a submissive manner. So if you want to know something, well, find a submissive way of of finding that out so that it feels more comfortable for you. As I usually go to this, I've said this many times with these kinds of things, like, yeah, get on your knees, crawl to your dominant and then ask them and then tell me are you being are you being are you topping from the bottom are you being challenging no absolutely not you're submitting to them and you're letting your dominant know that there's information you need so how could how is that anything but submissive you're you're giving your dominant information and you're letting the dominant know what you need and then it's to the dominant to give it to you and give it to you in a you know in a fun way which, you know, you can find scenes online or stories and go, here's, there's something in this that I really like. Can you guess what it is? Like, make it a fun game. For me, I think oh, fantasies are like goodness. There's, <laughs> there's so, there's so many. You gotta be more specific. I like. It sounds like uh, it's really good about- <laughs> Give us a holiday themed fantasy. So like, do you want to be Santa Claus and like maybe like <laughs> Miss Night Eyes opens the door in her nightgown? Give us a festive one. I think I, I, to narrow it down, I would have to say, okay, what's a fantasy I'm having lately? Because I literally would have, you would depend on the week. But right now, I think one that has come up is we've spoken about just today, tying someone together as a couple, which would be really fun. So actually having a bunny that we both co-tie and co and play with as dual kind of tops. And that's something that we haven't really kind of done yet and that we, we want to do soon. So that is a fantasy from this week. I love that. That's so cute. I was waiting for Nikki to say I volunteer as tribute. I um, do volunteer as tribute, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just fly over to Australia real quick. <laughs> And you guys can tie me up. But in, in the spirit of the holiday season, please use red rope, sir, and throw on some ornaments. I, I have red rope. So, yeah, we, we will use that. We're hoping that we do, that this fantasy becomes a reality, like, you know, soon. So, yeah, you better get that airfare sorted out and uh, get over <laughs> here. I'm on Google Flights as we speak. Uh. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say to further answer the question, there are many cute ways while you're in your dynamic to ask your doms, you know, what their fantasies are. One that I envision, which I think just sounds so cute, like how you said, crawling up to your dom. And maybe you don't want to use your words. So I don't know why I always go back to writing, but, you know, write it in a cute little envelope. And then walk up to your dom and give it to them. I don't know why I keep envisioning that. I think I want to do it myself. I know. Then crawl back and get like in a position while they read it. You know, that's cute. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Put it in a little like present box for the holiday theme. I'm the only one reverting back to the holiday theme here, okay? (laughs) I'm trying to get in the festive spirit because personally, I'm not feeling very festive right now. So I'm trying to get there myself. But yes, put on a little Santa hat. Oh, yes. 
put ho 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 on the card. Yeah, hand it to them. Merry Christmas. I with the question. Make it like a wish list even. Like I had a partner show me a sneak peek of her wish list of things that she would like to experience. Oh, I love that. And I see, I like, yeah, do a scenic wish list. Yeah, you can do that as a mutual thing. Like, show me yours, show me mine. Almost like you do with, like, the old um, BDSM test results. Like, all these kinds of ways of talking about things are ways of talking about fantasies. If you do the, the BDSM test, that uh, .org test online, and, and you show each other results, and one of your results is, like, pet play, if that's, like, a 95%, that's going to raise the issue of, like, oh, do you want to be a pet? Do you want to have an owner? Like, so you need to do things that share what you're into that raise the issues of what your fantasies are. And if that's not happening, then your communication needs to be stepped up. So, and one of the ways you can do that is very simply by, by asking. And it is the direct way to do it. Just message and go, I would really like to know this. Please tell me this. Like just, and yeah, there's no reason why that won't be received positively. Well, and I take this back to, you know, our analogy of, you know, the subs the has the keys and the dom is the car. What did we say that first episode? Oh, uh, the the sub gives the dom the keys to the car and the dom drives the car like within the... Yeah, the yeah. you need to have like the communication of, you know... While driving this vehicle, that's why I, I always say, even, yeah. As but a ask sub, him, yeah, how do you want to drive the vehicle too? Like, yeah, exactly. They, yeah. Are we going fast? Are we going slow? You know, like. How do you want to go about Communication, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what kind of car do you like? What does the interior look like? Like, we yeah. need to know all these things so that you know that the things that you like are things that they like. And the closer they are aligned, that's going to be a very compatible, satisfying dynamic. So... How much money are yeah, we throwing you, on the wins? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, use your words, ask questions, show things, show journal entries, show videos you like, show pictures you like, show stories that you like. like. There's lots of different fun ways to express things that you're into. And yeah, it's totally okay to ask your dominant anything. So yeah, definitely ask. I've asked my doms before. I was just thinking about that the other day, some of their fantasies. Because, like, when the person who submitted that question had said, they're like, I feel like we're always talking about what I want. And I feel the same way. So, like, I understand that. And there are definitely times where I've been like, you know, do you guys want to do anything? Like, is there anything you want to try out that you haven't yet? And, like, do that with me. I'm here for that. You know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that concludes all of our questions that we hand-selected for this Somewhat festive, kinky questionnaire. <laughs> we hope you all, kinksters, have a fun time with the holiday season. I don't know. I just think, like, it could be so fun turning this very vanilla, what's not normal, what's the word I'm looking for here? Mainstream. Mainstream time of year into something that's, like, just super kinky. Like, I love the thought yeah. of that. So, yeah. Yeah, pervert it. Pervert the hell out of <laughs> Yes. Uh, Yes, know, absolutely. Things. Make it get, fun. get weird with get weird. Get you just use candy canes in ways they shouldn't be used, but just be safe. Put a put a covering on it because you don't want to get a yeast infection. You know, be kinky but be smart. Wow, that gave me some wild ideas. I was going to say that gave uh, me some wow. ideas. Okay, well, especially for anal play. I'm gonna no, uh, uh, no, okay. <laughs> Okay, maybe not. <laughs> okay, I think that's... If you're not going in, 
<laughs> Why not? Oh my god! You it's can, candy. Um, you okay, can plug your ass. Like everybody, I hope you have <laughs> a safe. I hope you all have. Jesus. <laughs> I think the candy cane breaking while in your ass is, is no, the exactly. only issue. No, exactly. What are you gonna do with, with that? With no. Idol. Oh my god! But if you have a condom on it. It could break. It could, candy canes get sharp when they snap. Like, I, I, yeah, I think it's a okay. horrible idea. You know what? We're going to scratch that from the books. Um, but everybody, I hope you have a safe and wonderful holiday season. As always, you know, practice safety. Order an Uber or cab if you, you know, have a little bit too many of the party favors. We don't want anyone drinking and driving. And as always, wear condoms. But not with candy games, apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. uh, this is so we're seeing some bratting right now with this uh, with this behavior. And thank you, sir, for joining us. Yes. As, as always, we love your perspectives, expertise, words of wisdom, soothing voice. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been a pleasure again. And yeah, uh, Merry Christmas to you too. I hope you have a great festive season for the rest of the of the of the month and for New Year's and to everybody listening as well. Have a good time. Be kinky. Be safe. Be careful with the candy canes. And have have uh, <laughs> have have as much perverted fun as you can have while not ending up in an emergency room. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to be sparking like, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> there's a news report like candy canes have been going up in an unusual number of assholes. 